Chapter Five of Let 'Em Breathe Space by Lester Del Rey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five, the last chapter. I had the granddaddy of all headaches when I came to. Doc Napier's face was over me, and Jenny and Mueller were working on Bill Sanderson. There was a surprisingly small and painful lump on my head. Pietro and Napier helped me up, and I found I could stand after a minute. There were four bodies covered with sheets on the floor. Grundy, Phil Riggs, Peters, and a deckhand named Storm, Napier said. Mueller gave us a whiff of gas, and not quite in time. Is the time up? I asked. It was the only thing I could think of. Pietro shook his head sickly. Lottery is off. Mueller says we'll have to hold another, since Storm and Peters were supposed to be safe, but not until tomorrow. Eve came in then, lugging coffee. Her eyes found me, and she managed a brief smile. I gave the others coffee, she reported to Mueller. They're pretty subdued now. Mutiny! Mueller helped Jenny's brother to his feet and began helping him toward the door. Mutiny, and I have to swallow that. Pietro watched him go and handed Eve back his cup. And there's no way of knowing who was on which side. Dr. Napier, could you do something? He held out his hands that were shaking, and Napier nodded. I could use a sedative myself. Come on back with me. Eve and I wandered back to the kitchen. I was just getting my senses back. The damn stupidity of it all. And now it would have to be done over. Three of us still had to have our lives snuffed out so the others could live, and we all had to go through hell again to find out which. Eve must have been thinking the same. She sank down on a little stool, and her hand came out to find mine. For what, Paul? For what? Paul, whoever poisoned the plants, knew it would go this far. He had to. What's to be gained? particularly when he'd have to go through all this, too. He must have been crazy. Bullard couldn't have done it, I said slowly. Why should it be Bullard? How do we know he was insane? Maybe when he was shouting that he wouldn't tell, he was trying to make a bribe to save his own life. Maybe he's as scared as we are. Maybe he was making sense all along if we'd only listened to him. He... She stood up and started back toward the lockers, but I caught her hand. Eve, he wouldn't have done it, the killer, if he'd had to go through the lottery. He knew he was safe. That's the one thing we've been overlooking. The man to suspect is the only man who could be sure he would get back. My God, we saw him juggle those straws to save Jenny. He knew he'd control the lottery. She frowned. But, Paul, he practically suggested the lottery. Grundy brought it up, but he was all ready for it. The frown vanished, then returned. But I still can't believe it. He's the one who wanted to go back all the time. He kept insisting on it, but he had to get back without violating his contract. I grabbed her hand and started toward the nose of the ship, justifying it to her as I went. 
the only man with a known motive for returning the only one completely safe and we didn't even think of it she was frowning but i wasn't wasting time we came up the corridor to the control room ahead the door was slightly open and i could hear a mutter of jenny's voice then there was the tired rumble of muller i'll find a way baby i don't care how close they watch we'll make it work pick the straw with the crimp in the end i can do that even if i can't push one out further again i tell you nothing's going to happen to you but bill she began i hit the door slamming it open muller sat on a narrow couch with jenny on his lap i took off for him not wasting a good chance when he was handicapped but i hadn't counted on jenny she was up and her head banged into my stomach before i knew she was coming i felt the wind knocked out but i got her out of my way to look up into the muzzle of a gun in muller's hands you'll explain this mr tremaine he said coldly in ten seconds i'll have an explanation or a corpse go ahead i told him shoot damn you you'll get away with this too i suppose mutiny or something and down in that rotten soul of yours i suppose you'll be gloating at how you made fools of us the only man on board who was safe even from a lottery and we couldn't see it jenny i hope you're happy with this butcher very happy he never blinked say that about the only safe man aboard again he suggested i repeated it with details but he didn't like my account he turned to eve and motioned for her to take it up she was frowning harder and her voice was uncertain but she summed up our reasons quickly enough and suddenly muller was on his feet mr tremaine for a damned idiot you have a good brain you found the key to the problem even if you couldn't find the lock do you know what happens to a captain who permits a death lottery even what i call the legal one he doesn't captain a liner he shoots himself after he delivers his ship if he's wise come on we'll find the one indispensable man you stay here jenny you too eve jenny whimpered but stayed eve followed and he made no comment and then it hit me the man who had thought he was indispensable and hence safe the man i'd naturally known in the back of my head could be replaced though no one else had known it until a little while ago he must have been sick when you ran me in as a ringer i said as we walked down toward the engine hatch but why i've just had a wild guess as to part of it muller said wilcox was listening to the books hued when we shoved the door of his room open and he had his head back and eyes closed he snapped to attention and reached out with one hand toward a drawer beside him then he dropped his arm and stood up to cut off the tape player mr wilcox muller said quietly holding the gun firmly on the engineer mr wilcox i've detected evidence of some of the venus drugs on your two assistants for some time it's rather hard to miss the signs in their eyes i've also known that mr grundy was an addict i assumed that they were getting it from him naturally and as long as they performed their duties i couldn't be choosy on an old ship like this 
but for an officer to furnish such drugs and to smuggle them from venus for sale to other planets is something i cannot tolerate it will make things much simpler if you will surrender those drugs to me i presume you keep them in those bottles of wine you bring aboard wilcox shook his head slowly settling back against the tape machine then he shrugged and bowed faintly the chianti sir i turned my head toward the bottles and eve started forward then i yelled as wilcox shoved his hand down toward the tape machine the gun came out on a spring as he touched it muller shot once and the gun missed wilcox's fingers as the engineer's hand went to his hip where the blood was flowing he collapsed into the chair behind him staring at the spot stupidly i cut my teeth on tough ships mr wilcox muller said savagely the man's face was white but he nodded slowly and a weak grin came into his lips maybe you didn't exaggerate those stories at that he conceded slowly i take it i drew a short straw very short it wasn't worth it no profit from the piddling sale of drugs is worth it there's a group of strings inside the number one fuel locker wilcox said between his teeth the numbness was wearing off and the shattered bones in his hip were, were beginning to eat at him paul pull up one of the packages and bring it here will you i found it without much trouble along with a whole row of others fine cords cemented to the sides of the locker the package i drew up weighed about ten pounds wilcox opened it and scooped out a thimble full of greenish powder he washed it down with wine fatal muller asked the man nodded in that dosage after a couple of hours but it cuts out the pain ah better already i won't feel it captain i was never piddling your ship has been the one the sole source of this drug to mars since a year or so after i first shipped on her there are about seven hundred pounds of pure stuff out there grundy and the others would commit public murder daily rather than lose the few ounces a year i gave them imagine what would happen when pietro conscripted the wahoo and no drugs arrived the addicts found out no more is coming they look for the peddlers and they start looking for their suppliers he shrugged there might have been time and ways if i could have gotten the ship back to earth or jupiter it might have been recommissioned into the earth mars venus run even pietro's injunction caught me before i could transship but with another chance i might have gotten the stuff to mars in time well it was a chance i took satisfied eve stared at him with horrified eyes maybe i was looking the same it was plain enough now he'd planned to poison the plants and drive us back murder of hendrix had been a blunder when he'd thought it wasn't working properly what about sam i asked blackmail he was too smart he'd been sure grundy was smuggling the stuff and raking off from him he didn't care who killed hendrix as much as how much grundy would pay to keep his mouth shut with murder around he figured grundy'd get rattled the fool did and sam smelled bigger stakes 
Grundy was bait to get him down near here. I killed him. And Lomax? I don't know. Maybe he was bluffing. But he kept going from room to room with pocketfuls of chemicals, making some kind of tests. I couldn't take a chance of his being able to spot Chromosome, so I had Grundy give him my keys and tell him to go ahead, then jump him. And after that, when he wasn't quite killed, they'd been forced to finish the job. Wilcox shrugged again. I guess it got out of hand. I'll make a tape of the whole story for you, Captain, but I'd appreciate it if you'd get Napier down here. This is getting pretty messy. He's on the way, Eve said. We hadn't seen her call, but the doctor arrived almost immediately afterwards. He sniffed the drug and questioned us about the dose Wilcox had taken. Then he nodded slowly. About two hours, I'd say. No chance at all to save him. The stuff is absorbed almost at once and begins changing to something else in the blood. I'll be responsible if you want. Mueller shrugged. I suppose so. I'd rather deliver him in irons to a jury, but, well, we still have a lottery to hold. It jerked us back to reality sharply. Somehow I'd been fighting off the facts, figuring that finding the cause would end the results. But even with Wilcox out of the picture, there were twelve of us left, an heir for only ten. Wilcox laughed abruptly. <laughs> a favor for a favor. I can give you a better answer than a lottery. Popcorn. Bullard. Eve slapped her head with her palm. Captain, give me the master key. She snatched it out of his hand and was gone at a run. Wilcox looked disappointed and then grinned. <laughs> Popcorn and beans. I overlooked them myself. We're a bunch of city hicks. But when Bullard forgot his fears in his sleep, he remembered the answer and got it so messed up with his dream and his new place as a hero that my complaint tipped the balance. Grundy put the fear of his god into him then. And you didn't get it. Captain, you don't dehydrate beans and popcorn. They come that way naturally. You can't can them either if you're saving weight. They're seeds. Put them in tanks and they grow. He leaned back, trying to laugh at us as Napier finished dressing his wound. Bullard knows where the lockers are, and corn grows pretty fast. It'll carry you through. Do I get that favor? It's simple enough. Just to have Beethoven's knife on the machine, and for the whole damn lot of you to get out of my cabin and let me die in my own way. Mueller shrugged, but Napier found the tape and put it on. I wanted to see the louse punished for every second of worry, for Lomax and Hendricks, even for Grundy. But there wasn't much use in vengeance at this point. You're to get all this, Paul. Wilcox said as we got ready to leave. Captain Mueller, everything here goes to Tremaine. I'll make a tape on that, too. But I want it to go to a man who can appreciate Holman's conducting. Mueller closed the door. I guess it's yours, he admitted. Now that your head engineer here, Mr. Tremaine, the cabin is automatically yours. Take over. And get that junk in the fuel locker cleaned out. Except enough to keep your helpers going. They'll need it, and we'll need their work. I'll clean out his stuff at the same time, I said. I don't want any part of it. 
He smiled then, just as Eve came down with Bullard and Pietro. The fat cook was sobered, but already beginning to fill with his own importance. I caught snatches as they began to discuss Bullard's knowledge of growing things. It was enough to know that we'd all live, though it might be tough for a while. Then Mueller gestured upward. You've got a reduced staff, Dr. Pietro. Do you intend going on to Saturn? We'll go on, Pietro decided, and Mueller nodded. They turned and headed upwards. I stood staring at my engines. One of them was a touch out of phase, and I went over and corrected it. They'd be mine for over two years, and after that I'd be back on the lists. Eve came over beside me and studied them with me. Finally, she sighed softly. I guess I can see why you feel that way about them, Paul, she said. And I'll be coming down to look at them. But right now, Bullard's too busy to cook, and everyone's going to be hungry when they find out we're saved. I chuckled and felt the relief wash over me, finally. I dropped my hand from the control and caught hers. A nice, friendly hand. But at the entrance I stopped and looked back toward the cabin where Wilcox lay. I could just make out the second movement of the ninth beginning. I could never stand the cheap blatancy of Holman's conducting. End of Chapter 5 End of Let Em Breathe Space by Lester Del Rey This recording by Phil Chenevere